Welcome to the Social Media Podcast. I'm Simon Scholes, and this is another opportunity for you to get your ear holes around today's episode of Dazed, Confused, and Gemini Buggered, my daily live video talking to you all about content that you can create for free during these very difficult, weird times of lockdown and craziness and COVID-19 and all that malarkey. So today's content was all about how you should be looking to structure your live or generally any video that you might create for your business that you want to use organically. So have a listen to how I approach it with my clients. The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints and great content ideas. Morning, how are you diddling? Excellent, me too. Thank you very much for asking. Welcome to another episode of Dazed, Confused and Generally Buggered, uh, which is pretty much how we're all feeling in this lockdown COVID-19 situation at the moment. Uh, So if you don't know who I am, I'm Simon Scholes. I'm the founder and creative director of this bad boy right here, Perception Studios. We're an award-winning visual marketing agency and we help brands and businesses create content that helps them stand out on their social media content, uh, be it video, animation, area work, all that kind of stuff. But also a few years ago, it became quite obvious to me that smaller brands and businesses needed help as well with what they could do themselves for free. So rather than coming to us to create content for them and it costing them something, what could they do themselves for nothing? What would be that fabulous four-letter word free for them to create? So I came up with a how to nine times your social media process and it takes you through a whole process of how you can create content from one piece of content that you've created and turn it into lots of different things, be it videos, be it memes, be it a podcast, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll talk more about that in the near future of this uh, live video. Uh, also, I want to be very thankful right now to the guys who are sponsoring this week's content, Abode Homes, who are linked just up there. You can see them, um, and I will put their link in the uh, description and also in the comments right now. Well, if you would like to go and take a look at what they do. Um, it's gone off. Uh, for the UK market. They're really sustainable products. They're really quick to go up. So if you've got a plot of land and you would like to build something very, very quickly, um, then these are the guys definitely to talk to. They make some beautiful homes as well. Uh, Take a look on their website. Like I say, the link is in the comments right now or down in the description and it'll take you to their website and you can take a look at some of the houses that they're currently selling, some beautiful homes at the moment. And not only are they sustainable and quick to go up, but they're also very fire resistant, they're highly energy efficient, which means they don't let a lot of energy out and they're insulated well, but also they've got zero carbon status, which I'm sure in my mind means you get some tax kickbacks. In fact, there's a man who's just jumped onto the live stream right now, Chris Davis, who's an accountant, who might be even able to answer that question. Do you get tax kickbacks on zero carbon status homes? I think you do, or somewhere along the lines you do, uh, whether it's a kickback on council tax or something like that. I think you get some sort of money back. Um, So, yeah, absolutely amazing homes. Check them out and, um, yeah, go and see what those guys can do. Unfortunately, there's not a lot I can do about the stream lagging at the moment. Um, We're having a few issues, um, but hopefully it will speed itself up over time. The elastic bands will wind themselves back up and we will be back in time with each other. If my voice is slightly out of alignment with what I'm saying, I do apologise. I'll fix it later on when I edit all the content and make it into shorter videos. 
Uh, so today uh, we are going to be talking about how to structure a live video or any video content where you're talking about a specific subject, whether it's something you've blogged about or just trying to get some information over to your audience on a quick and generic piece of content. So we're going to talk about that. And as always, the platforms are open. Whichever platform you're watching on at the moment are open for your questions. If you want to ask me any questions whatsoever, feel free to drop your questions in right now. I'll do my best to answer as many of them as I possibly can do. I'm just closing down all the other windows that I have open to just try and uh, sort out this streaming issue. Hopefully that's kind of uh, done something. Um, but yeah, absolutely any questions that you want to ask me this morning, drop them into the comments and I'll do my best to answer as many of them as I possibly can. Hey, good morning to Ed, who's joined us this morning. Um, his morning's got off to an awful start. He was going to create some designs for social media and the font I always use isn't being picked up by Photoshop, even though I've got Typecat activated and it's worked perfectly fine before. Oh, does it mean a computer restart? Have you turned it off and back on again? That's the usual IT answer, isn't it? Uh, also, good morning to Chris, who's uh, saying happy VE day. Absolutely happy VE day to everybody who is um, watching this morning. Um, it is a bank holiday in the UK. Uh, VE, if you don't know what that actually means, it means Victory Europe. Go and look it up. I'm not going to sit here and explain Victory Europe, but it's a great day that happened in the Second World War. Uh, Miles Keegan uh, saying good morning to Chris. Oh, that's very nice of him. Manny said good morning to me. Uh, Ed pointing out I've had a haircut. I did let Susanna loose with the the, um, the scissors. It, honestly, if I come any closer to the camera, it ain't great. But from a distance, absolutely fine. Um, Miles is saying people will be shy if they haven't done a live video before. You need to give them tips to do a live video. I'm going to be doing that this very morning for you, Miles. So there's going to be a structure in there and some tips and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, we will we will get you and everybody else who's never done video before uh, a little bit more confident about actually being able to approach it. So shall we get started talking about the structure of live video? Or any form of video, to be fair, because I do understand people don't necessarily want to sit in front of a camera because they're a little bit scared about what they're going to talk about. Not everybody is as lucky as me and has got a big mouth that can just keep blabbing and blabbing and blabbing and just covering up any gaps that might appear while my brain's thinking. So if you don't have that available to you, then you could definitely look at this little plan that I'm going to give you. And it'll just give you a rough idea of how you should be structuring your videos. So point number one, and I've gone over these before in previous content. Point number one is introduce yourself. You've got to remember the content you're creating video-wise is going to go either on your personal page or on a YouTube page or it's going to go on a business page or on a business group. But hopefully these places are open to everybody being able to join you. Because what you're trying to do is build an audience. You're trying to build a brand through the value that you're giving. Now, the way you do that is by hopefully people liking your content enough to share it. Now, the person who's watching your content, so Chris, for example, he's making some great videos at the moment about accountancy stuff. And obviously, there's a lot of that kind of rearing its head at the moment with furlough payments and self-employed payments and bounce back loans and all that kind of stuff. So Chris is doing some really cool videos at the moment about that. Now, I'm a follower of Chris. I follow his content. However, if I share it and Chris hasn't introduced himself, my audience don't know who Chris is. 
my audience have got no idea who he is. So it's just some random bloke giving me some advice if he doesn't introduce himself. However, if he sits down there and says, Hi, I'm Chris Davis and I'm from Rossbrook Accountants and this is what we do and these are who we work with. Um, and today I'm going to talk to you about furlough payments. Then that just builds that piece of content a little bit more on an emotional connection. You're actually breaking down who it is you're talking to. You wouldn't approach somebody in a pub and not introduce yourself and just dive into a conversation, especially if they don't know you. If somebody knows you, it's very different. And if you've got private groups, you can do that because they've joined your private group for a reason. But absolutely, 100%, if you're going to do any form of video, and it doesn't have to just be live video, any form of video, even recorded, make sure that you introduce who you are because when that person hits that share button and their audience gets to see it, they know who you are as well. So that way, then you can learn who you are and actually create that connection instantly. So hopefully that makes sense straight away. Then you have the next stage. So what I try to get people to do is to blog because I think the blog is a great way of actually opening you up into that doorway of, of content. You actually, you've written a blog, you know what your subject matter is, you know what you're going to be talking about, and then you can do your video, whether it's live or pre-recorded, preferably live, but if you're going to pre-record, okay, cool. So basically what you're going to do is tell the story from your blog, but you know the story already. So I'm a firm believer of unless the subject matter that you're giving has got lots of very integral pieces of information, statistics or numbers that you have to get absolutely spot on right because there's advisory boards who are checking what it is that you're putting out, then 100% just bullet point your content and talk around it. You know your story, you've already written it. That way then you can become a little bit more you. And yes, there might be some mistakes in there. Yes, you might um and air a little bit, but that's human. To air is to human, as they say. But if you're not human, then it becomes a little bit robotic. It looks like you're reading it and it doesn't feel like a natural connection between you and the person who's talking to you because they're reading what it is that they've got to say. So for example, some of the stuff that's coming up on here right now, uh, Ed's read, saying, what if your internet isn't strong enough to do live video? Not saying mine's not good enough, but of course with lockdown, the internet connection has got worse as companies can't handle. It just feels like you're reading to people. Whereas if I just took a quick glance at that, I went, okay, talking about the internet. And I just went, so what if your internet's not good enough? Obviously most people's is, but, and it just becomes more natural. You're talking around the subject matter rather than talking it just Try and talk around your bullet points. Like I say, you know the story of your blog. You know what your content's going to be about. You've already written it. That's why I get people to do blogging first, because it helps them move into that next segment of creating video content. It helps you break down that barrier of what the hell am I going to be talking about, which is one of the big fears for a lot of people, which is what Miles were picking up on for a lot of people aren't that keen to go on live video. And that's because they've got the fear I call knobhead syndrome. It's not really that. It's imposter syndrome. A lot of people don't feel they, they should be up in front of a camera talking to people because they're not really sure that they're really an, an expert in their, in their field. You are 100% an expert in your field. You can talk to people. Um, and that's why if you've written the blog beforehand, you know what you're going to be talking about. You don't feel like you're going to scattergun in there and start going off on tangents and talking about different things. So that's point number two is bullet point your content 
and talk around it. Tell the story of your blog. Tell the story of your content. Flow through it and put your bullet points in order so that it's not making it difficult for you to just jump from one piece to the next, telling your story. Make sure you tell your story. Then point number three is the sell, but not the sell. It's basically just a way of opening up a line of communication. Unless your piece of content is going to have money put behind it and you're going to use it to draw people into a funnel or to sell a product to them, all you want is to open up a line of communication. All you want to do is give value and just say, look, if you want more value, come to me. I'll try and help you as best as I can. So open up that line of communication. Drop in that call to action. So at the end of your videos, thanks ever so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the advice I'm going to give. And also, if you've got any questions you want to ask, uh, drop them in the comments. Or you can email me. My link is in the section below. All that kind of stuff will really help people then connect with you, contact with you, and ask you more questions as well. And it's that call to action. You're not selling anything. You're not pushing anything really hard down people's throat. You're just opening that potential line of communication if they need to ask you anything. If they've got to the end of your content, they've got value from it. So there's a very good chance they might get in touch and say, can you help me with this? Or could you do this for me or do that? So there's a very good chance they could become a customer as well. But those are the three stages I try and get people to do. Introduce yourself, tell your story, a very simple call to action that isn't necessarily selling, but is drawing the people who are watching your content into a line of communication with you or the business or the brand that you work for. It's really simple, but it just really helps give you a structure for your videos, be it a live video or a normal video, recorded video. So let's have a look at some of the uh, the questions that are popping up right now. Uh, obviously, um, Ed did ask that question earlier on that I was reading about, what if your internet connection is not great? Absolutely fine. And what you can do is um, you can record content um, and use apps like OBS, um, which is a piece of software that you upload to your computer and you can plug other cameras in through it. So in the past, I've done this myself, you can um, record your content, edit it, put it onto an SD card, and then you can get the computer to look at what's on the screen, essentially, of the camera. So it's either looking at you, in which case it's recording that content from the screen, or it can be looking at what you're about to play on the camera. So when you go live, you press play on the camera, and the camera streams that video through to your computer, and therefore you have a piece of content that was recorded, but is now effectively going out as a live. There are other computer programs that do that as well now. I think Restream does that. Uh, OBS, I think, has an ability now as well for you to possibly record within OBS and then stream it out from OBS. So there's quite a few different um, pieces. So in fact, there you go. Ed is talking about it. Uh, with OBS, you can record your screen, which is nice. You don't necessarily have to go live. I've recorded FIFA gameplays using OBS. So there you go. Exactly what I was just saying. OBS is, is completely free as well. And um, it's from the guys at Streamlabs, I think it is. Oh, no, there we go. Ed has also said that. Um, so, yes. Um, so, yeah, go, go and take a look at that. Um, Chris saying, good point. Following your guidance on recent videos, I'm taking the time to introduce myself more at the start now. Fantastic. Because as much as I know who you are, and obviously a lot of people in Newbury will do, there's that potential. Somebody could share that piece of content with... I don't know, the finance director of Bayer, um, and they're based 
nearby to Newbury, and then they're thinking, right, okay, we want a new accountancy firm, and they'll know who you are and where it is that you work, and fab, they'll come to you. So there's there's always that potential, there's always that possibility, and for the sake of what is about a minute, a minute and a half of introducing yourself, because it's not like BNI, it's not like 4N, you're not limited to the time that you've got to speak, so you can stand up on camera and introduce yourself and the brand and the business that you work for for longer than 40, 45, 60 seconds. You could do a minute and a half if you want to and talk to them and introduce yourself and just give some examples of what you've done or maybe what you've been doing in the past week, that kind of thing. Really create that connection between people because it is, after all, supposedly like chatting to somebody down the pub. You want to build a relationship with new friends and your audience are hopefully going to be your new friends. Okay, here's a question from Ed. What about asking the audience to like and subscribe at the start of a video? I personally find it annoying as I'd rather watch what the person's got to offer before subscribing. However, the viewers may not stick around to the end. Then when you go, don't forget to like and subscribe, do it in both beginning and end. Um, but it just needs to be a throwaway comment. It doesn't have to be anything particularly hard hard sell again because this is your sell this is your potential of gaining a new follower um so when you start your videos um knowing that you do content about leads so you would say and don't forget if you're a leads fan make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on anything so today we're going to be chatting about the new signing blank bang whatever so it's a bit of a throwaway comment but it's still opening that door and that reminder to them to subscribe because I've just been chatting about this on Twitter on 11's hour. Humans are inherently lazy. We are lazy. I'm just going to quickly check uh, Twitter, actually, make sure I've not got any questions coming through. Um, I've just been chatting about this on, on, on Twitter just now. And humans are lazy. We need everything spoon-feeding to us if we possibly can. Some people will go out of their way to make the effort. But if you're not sat there saying, please subscribe, they're not subconsciously thinking this, but it just it's there in the back of the head. Oh, well, maybe they don't need me to subscribe. Or they've not asked me to subscribe. Maybe they don't create very often. But if you just remember to just drop that in at the start of your video, they're going to love that. They're going to love that potential of, all oh, right, okay, subscribe. Yeah, they're making regular content about Leeds United. Oh, yeah, subscribe. They're making regular content about accountancy stuff, especially right now. That's a pain point for people. The same with Leeds. Talk about old football games. Show clips from old games if you can get permissions to do that, all that kind of thing. People are crying out for content at the moment in their areas of, of want. So accountancy is a huge thing at the moment. People have got so many pains with accounts, not with accountants, but with their accounts in particular for their business, keeping them going. How do they apply for a bounce-back loan? What is a bounce-back loan? will they always have to pay it back if the business goes into liquidation? All those kind of questions might be popping up in people's heads. Furlough, what is furlough? How much can they get? What are they going to get potentially after Sunday? All those kind of things will be running around in people's heads so you can fix those pain points as best as possible. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Why not mention subscribe at the start of a video? As long as it's a throwaway comment. If you're if you're going to town on it and all that kind of stuff, and make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss out on anything because um, you you miss out on stuff if you don't get yourself subscribed. Hit that alarm bell as well, and make sure you thumb balls for that. Just make it a real throwaway comment. People will thumbs it up 
if they like the content and if they get to the end of it and you ask, absolutely fine. Don't ask them to thumbs up at the start. They've not digested anything. They've not got any value yet. Why the hell would I want to? I nearly swore then. I'm really trying hard not to swear as much. Um, why the hell would you want to thumbs up a piece of content when you've not got any value yet? It could be the first time you've ever watched this person. If I've got no value from you at the start, why would I thumbs it up? What's the point? You thumbs up a piece of content you like, you're more likely to get a thumbs down, which still adds, adds as interaction on a YouTube video. But yeah, there's no point whatsoever in asking that. Right, okay, I'm just going to open up uh, my notepad. I have uh, some questions that came through yesterday, so let's go to those. And if you have any questions at all that you would like to ask, drop them into the comments right now on whatever platform you're watching. It doesn't matter which platform you're watching on, be it Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, the Facebook Out in Nine Times, your social media group, or the Facebook Perception Studios group. Feel free to ask questions on any of those platforms and go on, drop a like on that video as well, because I've already given you some value. So you can say, yeah, you know what? It's given me value. I'll give it a like. Anyway, questions that have come in. Okay, uh, Claire, um, she says, I work for a charity. How should we be using social media as we get very little interaction with our content? Okay, this is a good question that I was asked uh, recently, actually, at a, um, a keynote talk that I was giving. And when I delved a little bit deeper, and this is something you see with a lot of charities, so if this is what your charity does, Claire, don't worry, a lot of charities do this. They go in for the sell straight away. So with a charity, the sell is asking for money. So they have an event going on and they want you to sponsor it, or they have somebody running a marathon and you want, they want you to sponsor them, or they have something else happening and they want you to pay to go along to it. And so there's no value there. When you watch things like Red Nose Day and Children in Need and any other TV charity type event, what is the one thing that gets you to donate the money? It's not necessarily the reminder to donate money from the presenters. Potentially, the content that's going out because you've got some value from it, some entertainment, so you maybe do that. But most people will donate money when they watch um, like the the cancer charity one that's on Channel 4 with Celebrity Bake Off. can't remember the name of it. Um, Fight Against Cancer, I think it is, isn't it? And Children in Need and Red Nose Day. The reason people give money is because of those little inserts that you see that capture your emotion, that tug on the heartstrings, the case study stories. And that's what charities should be doing more of, whether it's on video or in a written format or as a podcast, as an interview with the person that you've helped potentially. But as a charity, you're not necessarily trying to lay it on thick, but people want to know where their money's going. People want to know how their money is going to help. So if you are, um, I don't know, a charity that helps bees, then show people where the money's going. Show them what that money is doing to help those people who own bees and trying to keep the bee population higher. That kind of thing is far more valuable than just saying, oh, Bob's going to run a marathon. Can you give him some cash? That's great. And that's how you raise your money. That's your ask. But there's been no value yet. And this is what a lot of charities are missing out on, is giving that value. Where is that money going? What are the case study stories? And not every story is going to be a happy one. You might work in a hospice, and 
those stories still need to be told. People still need to understand where that money is going. And there will be families who have got so much help and value from the fact that as a hospice, you've helped them through this very difficult time that you can then just say, look, we'd really love to do a small interview piece with you on camera. Would you mind talking about your story and how we helped so that we can help more people in the future? Because that's what those people have you've helped are likely to do. They're likely to say, well, absolutely. You helped us so much. We'd be more than happy to try and help you have more money to help more people. So as a charity, think about what it is that you can create that will tell the story of what it is and the music, the, the money is going to do rather than just asking for cash on social media, create case studies, create stories that are going to draw people into what it is that you do, connect with them. And then go in with the ask of, by the way, you might have seen that particular um, piece from Steve and, and the kids. Well, we'd really like you to help us because Steve's going to run a marathon for us. Could you sponsor him? That kind of thing is going to have more of a connection with somebody than just simply asking for cash. Okay, let's have a look what other people are saying. Um, Ed is saying the best thing I think charities can do is show what service they provide. This is exactly what I was just saying uh, with the money that's donated. I hate being asked on the street to donate, and I don't know where the money's going. As you say, Red Nose Day is a great cause. They show videos of what the issue is and what they help with. Exactly. So, yeah, Claire, as a charity, 100% case studies all the way. Um, and if you're going to film them, fine, do it yourself on a phone. But if you want to make the content really hard hitting and creative and just a little bit more sparkly, I would definitely recommend going to a local uh, video company, uh, whether that's us because you know me and you've heard of me, I don't know, and you're watching the, the live broadcast or whether it's somebody nearer to where you are right now, I don't know. But definitely speak to somebody to help you with creating that content because they'll do it a lot better unless you're a video expert i don't know <laughs> but they'll more likely do it a lot better than you potentially could so 100 percent, make that content make those case studies but get somebody to help you if you're going to look at doing it on video okay next question uh paul why am i not getting as much interaction on my social media content anymore as to when i started okay paul we cover this all the time number one Forget about vanity metrics, forget about interaction, just create content you enjoy creating. However, why are you getting less interaction? Well, it could be a few things. I don't know your content. It could be crap. That could be a reason, and it's hard to hear, but it's a huge possibility that your content could just be a lot of rubbish. People might have liked it at the start and just kind of, it's the same all the time. It's boring. I'm not bothered. I'm not going to bother watching more of it. However, if your content's not boring and not rubbish and not crap, then why are you not getting more interaction? Well, the problem is, is that you may have already built a bit of a false audience. I don't know how you've built your audience on your social media, but a lot of people don't necessarily build a strong tribe at the start when they're creating content because they're not really sure who it is that they're creating for. They're not sure who, what kind of stuff they want to create. So they try lots of different things and it becomes a bit of a mishmash and they're like, they find the one they like, but they've already built audiences through the other stuff. And then that audience don't like the content you're making. And so they don't like it. The problem with social media for people who are insistent on that, they're going to become this next big influencer is that it's really difficult. It's really hard to have an audience 
give a damn about what it is that you've got to say. So you've got to build that tribe who care about what it is that you're saying and the content you're putting out. You've got to be consistent with your content. There might be another reason why they're not interacting as much because you're not putting out enough content on a regular basis. But also, social media will only feed your content to a small number of people on your subscriber list. So when you first start and start putting out content, they'll send out to about 10% of your viewership. So if you've got 20 people on your subscriber list, they'll send it out to like two, three people, see if they like it. Now there's a really high chance those two or three people are gonna watch it, interact with it, and then they'll feed out to more people. So you've got a really high chance, but the more people you get on your subscriber list, the less chance you've got of hitting that 10%. And the problem is, is they wanna draw you into creating content on a regular basis. So they keep feeding out to that 10% for a little while until you get to a certain stage and then they just go, Right, we're going to drop it down to 5% now. So then they drop that feed to 5% of your audience rather than 10% of your audience. So they've just halved the number of people who are going to see your content straight away when you post something. So if those people don't see it because it gets cannibalized in that feed, then you're really on a hiding to nothing because on 10%, you were getting about 5% actually seeing it and interacting with it. So 50% of the hit. But then... On 5%, you want to get 50%, that's 2.5% of your whole audience seeing it and liking it. Well, the platform then just goes, well, 2.5% of 1,000, your content must be crap, mate, and don't bother putting it out. Because if you've got 1,000 people, 2.5%, 25 people watching it, <laughs> your content's rubbish. We're not going to bother putting it out. So they don't feed it to more people. So that's probably why you're not getting the interactions that you were getting because your audience has, has dipped down because the platform has dropped you into that 5% threshold rather than the 10% threshold. So you've just got to fight harder. You've got to create more content, put more stuff out there. Be valuable to the audience. Don't just create content for creating content's sake in the fact that you've got nothing to give. If you've got nothing to give, then you need to come up with a plan of attack which is where you go right back to the very start. You plan the next month ahead, and then you know what you're creating content on every single time that you're going to put a piece of content out. But you've got to be consistent. You've got to be given that value. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier on, don't be afraid to ask for people to subscribe if they like your content. Don't be afraid to ask for people to like it if they like your content. Open the platform to questions. So like this is a Q&A session. So right now, every single platform this is streaming on, the people who are watching are able to ask me questions if they want to on the live broadcast or even on the replay. So feel free to ask any questions whatsoever right now. And you can ask them to do the same thing on your content. Whatever it is about, there's always questions that people might want to answer or give their viewpoint on something and, and open up a debate or what have you. Um, so Ed's kind of saying the same thing. I've got a lot of less interaction on my YouTube videos since football and sports stopped because of lockdown. I don't believe it's my fault as I'm still posting content, but because there's no sport, the majority of people aren't interested in sports news. They've got other things to worry about, which is why I, th I think playing on people's memories is a great thing right now during this lockdown period. It's why the BBC are doing it and a lot of other sports channels are doing it. They're replaying old things that people absolutely adored. This coming week, if memory serves me correctly, the BBC are going to be showing Euro 96. Was it Euro 96? It is Euro 96, isn't it? The one where we got to the semi-finals. So they're going to replay the competition and the matches and stuff like that. Well, that was a time that people were 
buoyant and joyous because England were doing so well. When England do well in a football competition, I don't know what it is, but the whole country seemed to come together even more so than we are doing during this lockdown period, and everyone's happy. And so a lot of these these sports channels are actually playing on that, playing some of the old classics. So maybe you could do the same thing about Leeds because obviously a lot of Leeds fans will have memories of great matches in the past and and great legends. So start doing content about those people. How good was X as a player? How good was the team that made it through to the European Champions League semi-final before they got demoted? How good is the current team? Talking about different competitions they've won, different glory days. Those are things that are going to bring back memories for a lot of the the audience who potentially watch your content. So I, I, I don't think it's you, but I just think you need to rethink your content slightly for the current situation. So rather than talking about sports news, nobody cares about sports news at the moment because it's not going to affect anything at all. Leeds buying a new player won't affect this season because it's it's not going to. It's just not going to finish. We, we've not been told this yet, but it's not going to finish. This season is not going to going to end. They're going to just start afresh. I, I can just see it a mile off. And I'm a Liverpool fan, so that guts me completely. But yeah, work on that emotional stuff. That emotional connection. People buy in on emotion, and classic football matches, absolutely emotion. They're drawing you in. Nobody cares about what's happening at the moment because they just don't. Nobody cares if Serena Williams has got a hamstring injury during training because she's not going to be playing Wimbledon very soon and she's not going to be playing the US Open later this year. So why should I give a shit? It's very sad she's got a hamstring injury. Oh, no. But whatever. So you just got to think a little bit outside the box. Play, Work on people's emotions 100%. Um, and I, I think you'd be beyond to a winner. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, one last question. Pavel, uh, what's your advice for people who want to put out content and are interested in multiple areas of life but don't know what to focus on? <sighs> okay, this kind of goes against what I was just saying. But test it a little bit. Try the waters. See which kind of stuff you feel you're happiest creating content for. So if you are mad into three sports, create content for those three sports. Maybe you could continue to create content for those three sports. But just try it out. Just see which one fits best with you as a person. There'll be something that fits better with you as a creator. And find that one, do a bit of testing, see which one performs better as well. Because you want that endorphin of, of seeing people liking the content you're putting out. And if you like all three things equally, it doesn't matter which one it is that you're going to put out more of. So do a bit of testing, see which one you enjoy making the most and then power straight ahead and be consistent on one specific subject matter forget the others ignore them don't go back to them concentrate on making content on that one subject matter and even be honest with the audience at the start of each video when you first start or the start of each blog or whatever however it is that you're going to do it and just say look i'm a huge fan of golf motorsport and track and field so i'm going to make some videos see which one feels the best for me but also let me know in the comments which one do you prefer and then just create those different pieces of content do two or three videos on each different subject matter and then just see which one performs well see which one you enjoy making the most and bang there you go bob's your uncle you've got the subject matter but don't then get swayed back into creating content on the others Stick to your guns, stick to what you're doing and create content. Don't make multiple channels. 
and create all of those things because then you're just going to end up with a bit of a mishmash, a bit of a watered down version on each of those different channels because you won't be putting all your effort into creating that one true thing that you're passionate about. So 100% don't do that. Please don't do that. Just do a bit of testing, see which one works best for you, and then plow ahead and make content on that particular subject. Okay, I think this has been a pretty good VE Day broadcast, considering it is a bank holiday in the UK, and more people are probably right now uh, thinking about flashing up the barbecue than sitting down and watching a live broadcast. So thank you very much for joining me this morning, if you have done. If you've got any questions at all and you're watching on the replay, don't forget you can drop them into the comments uh, on whatever platform that it is that you're watching on right now, or you can email me. My email address is scrolling along the bottom of the screen for all of those watching on video, and if you listening on the podcast uh, it is in the description box below go and give it a click drop me an email ask me any questions whatsoever happy to answer as many of them as i possibly can do and uh, we can do that on email or we could have a skype chat or we could even answer it on the next live broadcast but just without mentioning who you are uh, if you don't want to be mentioned or if you do we can just still answer it on the next live broadcast get your email questions in the questions i've been answering have been email ones so absolutely people are doing it so feel free to drop me an email and also don't forget to come and join my how to nine times your social media group uh, it is available to everybody because it is absolutely free to come and join i'm just going to get you the link for it this very second and if you do join the group and um, then what you can do is you can download my book how to nine times your social media absolutely free it will not cost you a penny there's loads of hints and tips in there and i'll take you through the whole process i take my clients through for nine times in their social media uh, thanks very much to ed for joining in this morning and also miles and chris as well thank you very much i'm glad you've enjoyed it uh, hopefully you got some value from it and until tomorrow have a great ve day enjoy your bank holiday enjoy the sunshine today it's going to be here tomorrow as well so make the most of it because apparently it's going to get worse again in the uk and um, but when is it nice for more than two days on the trot anyway uh, right i'm going to disappear have a great rest of your day stay safe and uh, have a good one see you tomorrow bye this was a perception studios production